podcast time that's right benford tools is proud to present a home improvement podcast my name is adam you'll know my co-host jordan hey jordan adam how are you doing today i am doing just fine how are you my friend oh you i mean not as well as alan this episode mr likable everything's turning up roses but i think things are going well just put some pork carnitas in the oven and i'm settling in because you told me you want to tell me a little anecdote and I love stories. So. I like, you're pretty proud of these carnitas, I can tell, because you brought it up before the show, and now, well, now, and now you're making sure you bring it up on air. Now they're on my mind. I just literally put them in the oven. They taste really good, and I'm excited to eat them in about five hours Those, They so. are slow roasted, so it's going to take some time. Yeah, just bacon on 250, so it's going to take a while. Yeah, you don't want them, like, fast roasted, because it's just not as good. <laughs> not, they're, they're, no. they're not done. Probably. Yeah, and it's crispy on the outside and murder on the inside. Oh, man, you said it. All right, so uh, my anecdote. All right. I actually had a lot of different ideas for what I wanted to talk about, <laughs> but then something happened about an hour ago uh, <gasps> that I said, well, this is worth mentioning. All right, so Kirsten and I stepped out for a walk. Uh, that's why I was late to meet with you initially. I apologize. Hmm. Uh, but I, I'm just learning about the reason now, so that's interesting. I'm needing, I needed to get some fresh air. You know, I just I needed to get out. It's a beautiful. That's okay. I just wish you would have told me. It's a beautiful day here in Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to take a 15 minute walk, so I did it, and I'm not going to apologize for it, even though uh, you might. You kind of are. Even it kind of seems like I am. All right, so <laughs> we're walking around through the neighborhood. Quick jaunt. Uh, heading to a free little library. I love those. Uh, visit them almost every day. What is it? Free little library? Yeah, it's like the things that are full of books by people have in their yards. They look like mailboxes. Oh, man. They don't have those around here, but it sounds amazing. They don't have them in... Fl- well, we're, we'll see about that. But they are... Uh, they're they're, <laughs> we'll definitely, they're definitely that. in Michigan and in Illinois and uh, in every place I've ever been, but maybe they're not in Florida. Uh, I'm Googling it now, but tell me your story. They're awesome. It's just like p- people bring books, and they take books, and it's, it's great. Okay, so we're, we're going to the Free Little Library, uh, and we turn a corner, and what do we see? A guy in a full Superman getup, full uh, cape, everything, got his hair done up, the you know, he's got the little curly Q, hair gelled, carrying an old-school boombox, blaring the Superman theme... Just walking down the street, he just—I I watched him turn on the boombox. He's just—he just started it, uh, so we're a little freaked out. I'm thinking like, oh man, what do I, do? I, do I want to cross this guy? Like, is he going to expect me to like do something for him? I don't know. We cross the guy. He's probably about 65, 60 years old. Oh, older yeah, Clark Kenton's gotten older, huh? Older fella, uh, maybe falling on hard times. I couldn't really tell. He just kind of smiled as he walked by with his boombox blaring the Superman music dressed as Superman and continued on down the street. He just, just a sly little smirk, like not, you know, like he didn't want to say anything. He's playing coy. <laughs> Definitely playing coy. Well, his, yeah, his expressions are coy. <laughs> I wouldn't say his. <laughs> Who he's playing with, I don't everything know. Everything else is, it was not so coy. Um, and he just kept on going down, uh, you know, we're right off the lake here. So it's, it's a pretty busy streets he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of eyes um 
so that was interesting. Don't really know what the end game was, what the deal is. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. We just we just don't know what the you know what was what was the goal. What was he doing? I don't. Why didn't you go talk to him? You know these are these are tough times for everybody, and uh, you know maybe that's a way of uniting. I don't want. I didn't want to talk to him. He kind of scared me. Um, mm. But yeah. So. Yeah, the Clark Kent I know doesn't age. So I don't know. You always acted like you liked Superman when you were younger, so I thought you might find that interesting. I did like Smallville back in the day, so so there you go. That's it. Uh, just just an update on little big libraries or whatever they're called. <laughs> Free little library. Uh, this big, is little actually big little big library, a little big house. <laughs> Uh, it's actually a little free library based on what I've seen. Okay. And when I put in my zip code, it says no libraries found. You must live so. in the worst place on earth. <laughs> we do have a nice library, but not a little free library. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen this on other, like, just somewhere on the internet, and I wondered if there were any near me, and there weren't. They're so. great. They're a- so I should just start one? Is that what you're saying? I I looked into the process of doing one once. Uh it, it's a uh, well. You can't move from apartment to house to apartment to house, probably. Well, I was gonna do it when we had when we had a yard at the old place, but uh, if you want to do it like through Free Little Library, you gotta you gotta pay for the box, and it was kind of expensive. So I thought, I don't know, hmm. kind of takes the fun out of it. Um, but yeah, so the Superman thing, I don't know that I don't know if that did anything for you, but if I can't talk about it on my home improvement podcast, I don't have anywhere to talk about it. So that's true. Yeah, that's it's very important that you do share that with people everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting. I just wish I knew more. And it's a the hard thing is I think it's a mystery. I'm never going to know yeah. the answer to. A little bit Whereas, like the JFK assassination. You know, it's like a little bit like that. Oh. It's not like the mystery that uh, the horror mystery that you're writing that I want to talk about. Mm. you know yeah mm. yeah the, uh, yes called, i'd love called, to <laughs> obviously I'm, i'd be ecstatic to talk about my own work so well, i'm very I mean, comfortable I, doing that yeah no i'll talk about it sure it's okay i'll talk about yeah. it i just thought it would be interesting to bring up on air yeah a couple of things that both you and i are working on in okay. our non-podcasting time that people might be interested in definitely so if i if we have any platform i guess it's this for so sure we might as well talk about it here yeah you want me to start yeah you like to talk a lot yeah so. i like talking about myself all right so um, you know, there's actually something I haven't even told you about that is that is uh, sort of exciting for me creatively. But uh, we'll start with the uh, the book, uh, really more of a novella. So I uh, I am. T- hey, it's fifteen thousand words. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, it's about a hundred pages. I am. Uh, I've been working with with you, Jordan, my my co-host and and uh, dear friend, one of my best friends um, <laughs> in the top three or four. Uh, why are you why are you laying this all on me? What's gonna happen? No, I'm just <laughs> You're gonna say something mean in a second. No, we've been working. Uh, I took out took an old script, something I wrote a, a pilot for a TV show, and just kind of. I've been encouraging you to do to do this for a you while. Have. So. Yeah, you saw such smash success from uh, you know your own. <laughs> Amazon <laughs> publishing. No, I'm just kidding. You, you've been hey, over 500 books sold. Thank you. That's very pretty much. crazy. So you you self-publish on Amazon, and you've uh, encouraged me to do the same. And uh, you know, these last couple months, I've had a lot of time on my hands. So I yeah, I, I started the process, and it's uh, you know we're still working on it. But uh, yeah, the story itself is is pretty much done. So uh, it's a, a very polished first draft. Thank you. Which thank you. I mean, maybe I, maybe at this point, it's a second draft. I'd call it like a second fourth. draft, yeah. Uh, maybe like fourth. I don't know because if you count like the screenplay and then you put it into the the prose mm-hmm. of a book and then we've kind of you know you've refined it more and flushed it out. So yeah, it's it's definitely not like a rough first draft. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a. I'm still working on sort of how to describe it, but it's it's a Christmas horror mystery. Uh, yep. 
I, I prefer noir, but you say mystery sort of. Uh, People aren't searching for noir. More SEO on friendly. Amazon. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it uh, it takes place in the Midwest. It's uh, focusing on. I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you know, there's a a real bad guy. Uh, and uh, some people go missing, and then somebody tries to track them down. Am I selling it? Uh, it's it's good. I uh, I will. I hope. Uh, this is where your blurb would come in handy, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. I I told uh, so we had our friend Meg in town, mm-hmm. and I told her because she loves horror yeah. and scary movies and mm-hmm. spooky stuff, and I gave her a short rundown of like the blurb that we wrote together, yeah. and she was interested. She was so. interested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When will it come out? Uh, it'll be available. Uh, you can get a hard copy of it. I'll talk about it when it actually comes out more. Uh, and it'll also be available on Kindle for a very, very low price, probably like a dollar or two, wouldn't you say? I'll let you know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know when I decide the pricing. Okay. You've got, you got to look at that stuff. But uh, That's true. It most certainly will be under $10 and probably less than $5 yeah. for uh, a digital copy. And it will support Adam, which is the most important thing. And, you know, it, if things go well, it's kind of a – it's going to be a two-part two-part story so yeah i don't know i'm excited about it i've read it multiple times i'm not a horror guy but i think it's good writing and uh enjoyed it enjoyed working on it with you and uh yeah it's not going to be that much longer i don't think before it comes out Just no i don't think dot, so either some eyes and t's so i got, we, we've we i gotta get you've done the hard work to do the cover hey i got i got the caption okay so how about i just read that real quickly okay right. let's read it when five friends, uh, when the five friends left the bar one snowy Christmas evening, only one of them knew what was in store. On a cold midwestern night, death came to a small town. Death was pleasant, charming, and affable. Death was altogether very normal. But when he arrived, there were no carols to sing or presents to be unwrapped. When death walked into the bar that December evening, he had a different kind of sleigh in mind. It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> in the wake of these grisly events, it is up to one man to retrace death's steps on what will go down as the snowiest and bloodiest Christmas Eve their town has ever seen. From demise to discovery, peace on earth, that's what it's called, takes readers on a journey that is equal parts horror and mystery. Still working on that, but that, that, that's, that's, pretty good. that's something. Um, it's pretty good. It's, it's something, all right? Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very... I mean, if if we can transition away from yours, it's very different from my book. Oh, which... I'm, not, I'm not done. I have more to say. <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. uh, this morning I got the second revision back for my latest uh, book uh, for a, a title, for a cover that I solicited from somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty happy with it. I'm excited to see it. I don't know if I... I think I've briefly mentioned it before, but it's it's basically a Harry Potter meets the Bible devotional Whoa. type thing. And uh, so the cover came back today. I've gotten all the inside stuff done. So I'm moving along. I'm soliciting people who are interested in writing free reviews. So I guess if anybody wants to do that, they can reach out to us and I can give you a free copy for a review. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So I'll, you know, we're both going to have books coming out in the next couple months. So that's exciting. Yeah. Who's, who's going to sell more? <laughs> Probably you. I don't know. We'll find we'll out. Find Depends out. on Friendly wager? <laughs> Yeah, I'll see why not. <laughs> Seafood dinner. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. Your, your help. I couldn't have done it without you, uh, obviously. I mean, I could have, but it just would have taken longer. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to help. You've been very always. helpful. It's, it's been an enjoyable process. I never, it would not have been something I probably would have done without your uh, encouragement. Uh, also, well, I'll, I'll talk about the other thing when it actually comes out, but I had a, a, a humor piece accepted to a pretty 
pretty darn good publication, but uh, wow. I, yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's uh, yeah, they're even gonna give me money if you can believe it. Wow, so, uh, is this something I've read before? No, it's it's pretty new. Um, so it's gonna, but I, I'll talk about that once it comes out. It's still in the editing process, and we can talk about it off air. But, I know uh, something that's gonna go on your website. Yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, great times for me. Uh, obviously, <laughs> a very successful person. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? How it prove it? I think we're ready to get into the show. All right, let's do it. All right, episode 185, Mr. Likeable. This one's written by Adam England, lasted Bewitched. A decent Halloween episode, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Aired November 17th, 1998. I have four titles. I think one is good, though. I have five titles. I think none are good. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You say yours first. The Ultimate Tim... The ultimate Tim? No, the ultimate Tim. Ah, uh, like, like okay. Yep. Okay. I yep. didn't do it. I, thought I thought delivered doing it like... poorly. It's on me. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, this is just a simple one. Getting big for his britches. I like that. Uh, how about... You want to talk about simple. The Borland brand. <laughs> Very simple. How about seal of approval? Like it. How about Taylor the sailor? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do like Taylor I barely know yeah, her or something yeah, silly know, yeah. how about Big Brother Bad Advice ooh you bad All right. <laughs> this one doesn't really make sense but I don't know I had an idea so I tried it uh Mr. Likeable more like Mr. Likeable in a china shop <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't doesn't really describe Al in this episode, but it it but uh, it's, something. it's something. It was an idea that you ran with. That is an idea. Do you have any more? Yeah, I got one more. Okay. It's pretty simple. Yeah. First rate tool man. All right, my last one is Erica. I care, Erica. <laughs> I like that. One. Yeah, yeah. It's a ace up the sleeve. Yeah. All right. Say the best for last. Episode walk through time. We're opening on tool time where there's expanding foam. They're not just going to talk about it. It's everywhere. And this is one of those weird situations where it's like post-accident end of the show. So we don't see what Tim did, but we do see it like actually happening. But we do see that Tim sprayed foam all over the set. And uh, it was not the intention. Gotta be one of the shortest opening scenes. Was thinking that myself. It was like 30 seconds. Yeah, I can't think of one any shorter. They say, what are they calling it? Bloom foam? Oh, I didn't hear that. I just heard expanding foam. Yeah, they said. Well, maybe they only said blo- they said something like blown foam, and I just I didn't know what that was. Um, but obviously, you don't either. Um, yeah, really short opening scene. Doesn't really work super well, but uh, it was short, so we got in and out. You know, at least they didn't linger. The uh, it's a cold open, so cold. All right, next scene, tool time after the show. Hmm. The cable ratings came in. Um, the made-up cable ratings that I don't... That come every month or yeah, something, well, right? Yeah, it's not even so much that. It's that, like... Okay, so the cable ratings come in, and they have likability ratings. They're very specific ratings, like, I will say that. That isn't a thing, right? The market research department on home improvement is... I know where all their money's going. So every month, <laughs> they're like surveying people <laughs> to find out if people are... Like, one, that just seems kind of like a waste of time. Do it every six months. But yeah, the, I I don't I guess I don't know for certain, but I can't imagine that like 
The Office, like a show like The Office is like doing likability ratings. <laughs> like, hey, how do you guys feeling about Creed this week? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I think <laughs> Creed's it's... shot up the roof. Yeah, Creed has black hair now. Do you guys like him more or less with that? I don't know. Um, but Al beat Tim for the first time in 10 years. Uh, this is a, also the conceit of this is like bogus because everyone loves Al. Yeah, he would be beating Tim every month for 10 years, right? Yeah, very weird. Whatever. Uh, Heidi says Al should take advantage. Get out there. Be a spokesperson. Mm. Uh, Tim arrives and uh, he sees uh, the document. Um, and Al immediately thinks he's fired, which would be illegal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Al, uh, like you said, I didn't really buy this because Al would have beaten him sooner. Um, Al has, uh, he's always lived in other people's shadows, uh, he feels, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's, you know, he's excited, he's ready to break out, he's gonna go and he's gonna tell Trudy, so we're getting a mention of her, uh, Heidi leaves, Al leaves, and Tim torches the document, so, uh, you know, let's just say he doesn't feel that good about it. No, and initially he kind of puts on a brave face, he's like, you know, we're all a family, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And as Al and Heidi are leaving, they're like, oh, he's taking it pretty well. And then, yeah, he lights yeah. it on fire. So rough, 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 rough. They also make a couple jokes about how Heidi is doing really well with the men. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, because um, cause she's hot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we're doing. I mean, they do have a calendar, like a swimsuit calendar hung up like somewhere in the back corner right they just like love they i mean i guess like that's what you're doing like i don't know they just they really have gone to that well a lot the last like two years like uh man guys sure do like heidi i get you know i don't know especially brad brad does like heidi yeah uh, i thought for a second mark was going to be talking to heidi on the phone <laughs> about scott <laughs> All right, you're up uh, all right at home brad is making food and the call you're talking about you know, Mark comes down and he says, if Erica calls, I'm not here. Yeah. We learned that Erica is the prettiest girl in junior high. And I thought Mark looks like he's in 11th grade. I was going to say, like, I guess Mark is only supposed to be 14. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's actually 14 in real life. But, yeah, he's very, very tall. Super tall. He's as tall as Brad. So yeah. he looks very old. Apparently, Erica always talks about her jerk boyfriend, and Brad says, listen, this is great. You should be talking to this girl, because you're her shoulder to cry on, to cry on and then when they break up, you can swoop in. This was your so, MO in high school, by the way. Was it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work that way for me. Oh, I wouldn't say, hey, I, I uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard differently. <laughs> I've heard that it did work well. I don't know who's telling you these stories. Oh, but... it was Superman that I passed. <laughs> Brad says you can even pretend and use some lines. Uh, he gives him some lines like "I hurt when you hurt," just real generic. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mark loves it. It's a real bonding moment between they, Brad. They slap hands and, and do a little, little handshake, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe Randy was kind of the just driving these two brothers apart, and now that he's gone, they're ready to be a lot closer. Well, you know what? Randy and Mark were the ones that were close before, if you recall. Brad was kind of just moving on into high school, and so you'd see Brad and or uh, Randy and Mark like playing video games, hanging right. out. So there's a void to be filled, and it's being filled. I just I um, I like this better than the last couple episodes where Mark was like holding a camera in Brad's face and that. Kind oh, of it's dynamic. like yeah, it's much better. It's a somewhat plausible scenario. Yeah. Which is all we really can ask for out of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we can ask for. So that's the scene. All Bonding right. moment between the boys. I like it. Yeah. 
alright, side yard. Tim and Jill. Uh, Tim asks Jill, am I likable? And she says no. Uh, she's kind of kidding around. <laughs> um, we get, Is she? Yeah, who knows. Um, Tim, they kind of just talk about the whole situation. He feels sensitive about it, whatever. Uh, Tim mentions that he's worried about his job. Like That was a surprise. Like, oh, are they going to replace me because I'm less likable than Al? I don't know. I've never... I did like the callback here, though. Uh, what callback is that? They say, remember when Al hosted once and oh, it was a disaster? yeah, that was good, yeah. And it was a disaster. Um, Jill compares uh, Tim to a uh, Dr. Frankenstein. You know, he created Al. He made him who he is. He took him from wherever he was to whatever he is now. Which I thought is a weird angle. Like, I don't know, do we... Does Tim I, get all this credit? I, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I was thinking more like... I don't know. You you need certain people in certain dynamics. So like, since Al doesn't have to be the one that's on all the time, he can be more natural in himself. I don't think they expla- like explained it really well necessarily, yeah. but I think it makes sense. I mean, like, like, like the only reason I'm successful on this podcast is because you are the host, yeah. and so you allow me just to kind of play the supporting role and and do that. So I don't know. I can see it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. Um, mm-hmm. You could not do this without me. Um, nope. But uh, no, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I guess he gave Al his shot. Although, like, would Tim have been in charge of the hiring? Maybe. They, they seem to act like he was. But, yeah, the idea of him, like, creating Al is, I don't know, like, Al is the one that, like, grows a beard. Like, I'm sure, like, Tim didn't tell him to do that. Like, Tim's not picking <laughs> out his clothes. Yeah, like, I don't know. That, that struck me as being kind of strange. But maybe he, like, empowered him with confidence. I don't know. It is definitely underdeveloped. But, um... Yeah, she she says, like, just bask in it, enjoy it, you know, uh, soak it all up, because he's your creation, which is stupid. And uh, we do get a Michael <laughs> Jordan reference here. Yeah, and, he compares himself to MJ. You know, we were just talking maybe a month ago, I asked if there had ever been a Michael Jordan reference on the show. I didn't think there had been, but now we have one, so that was kind of interesting. Bam. Yep. Yeah, not in passing, like some of those other Bulls-Pistons games <laughs> I thought you were going to say not in passing, like some of the other bullshit. <laughs> so, Jordan, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Really didn't like uh, the rest of this. Hot. <laughs> All right, at the home improvement store. This is a new set, right? This is what gets you excited. Uh, are we sure it wasn't just Harry's hardware? Kind of moved around. I mean, maybe, but it's not meant to be. That's true. You're right. All right. <laughs> Although it does seem like a direct competitor to Harry's hardware, so that seems kind of weird that Al would do that. Now that you say it. Yeah. Why? The could- kitty agrees. Like this cat, yeah. This cat is, uh, yeah, a problem. Um, <laughs> she's a problem for me right now. Uh, yeah, why isn't Al doing this at Harry's Hardware? <clears throat> Lots of questions. Right. Maybe it wouldn't seem as legit since he owns it. But yeah, he's he's kind of competing with himself since he owns the store. I don't know. Seem a weird. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, Tim Tim comes in to put up some bulbs for Jill, and so that's why he's there. And he sees Al. And he sees him sign autographs for, I think, manure. And Tim wants to chat privately. He's not so much upset with Al doing this, but he thinks he can kind of set his sights higher uh, than Spacklefest and Dung and all that kind of stuff. So, And then Al asks for some coaching advice from Tim. So I guess that's what we're going to get for the rest of this episode. So far, can I just tell you, as I'm watching this, I like this episode. I'm enjoying this episode. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that, and you'll get my, you'll get my <laughs> thoughts at the end of the episode. 
Um, did you mention, I'm sorry, the uh, cat in the room was <laughs> causing some problems. Uh, There's a cat in the hat uh, over there. Yeah, yeah. Did you mention that he had set up his whole day and he was going to go to a lamp store and be a keynote speaker? Yeah, I didn't say the lamp store thing, but yeah, okay. he's right. he's got several engagements. I, so he's... I apologize. Uh, there, there's a cat problem, and there's not, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, mm. All right, next scene, home. <laughs> Tim's mapping out Al's destiny. He's very busy, uh, but he didn't do the dishes. Get that call back a couple times. It's not as funny as they think it is. Um, yep, agreed. L- later, Mark and Brad are going to the mall. Uh, but Mark's on the phone. They're getting ready to go to the ball, but Mark is still on the phone with Erica. Um, she's going to come over. Time to put the pork carnitas in. Oh, man. This is a good one. We've got cats and carnitas. Well, why don't you do that, and I'll get this cat out of the room. Well, I already did it, remember? Oh, uh, wow. Well, I just forgot to turn off the alarm. Why don't I get this cat out of the room? One second. All right. So is Erica coming over? Is this where Erica's coming I- over? Not quite yet. She is single again. Okay. They just kind of talk about they're going to be meeting up or something, and then Tim comes in and they move on to something yeah, else. Yeah, the so. point is that Brad's uh, advice is kind of working. Um, Tim comes home, uh, kind of talks about all of the stuff that he has lined up for Al. It's a lot of nonsense. I didn't write Things any of it Things have taken off, though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're having no problem booking Al places, so that's encouraging. Uh, Al arrives. He's very excited because he hired a manager. Uh, he's going to like manage Al's brand, and Tim's going to be the coach. I wonder if there's going to be any conflict there. Uh, yeah, Tim's immediately upset about this. Well, he got Roy Becker, who uh, managed uh, fishing with Freddie, managed Freddie, and uh, guess what? He's he's here. <laughs> he showed up. Like that was kind of weird. <laughs> They're like, and he's coming here right now like i don't know well yeah al said so they're al and tim are meeting for a strategy session yeah and he hires them and he said he invited them to the strategy session so yeah yeah we're gonna have the whole brain trust together yeah it was crazy they got this guy that definitely talks like he's from detroit not brooklyn uh to come and uh <laughs> manage al it's, it's funny he, this guy just like i'll do a bio in a second but it's just like very very like deep like Brooklyn, Bronx, whatever accent, just like a, you, like a, yeah. He, true, he's a real ball buster. True blue too. New Yorker, like these, yeah, it's just kind of a funny thing. Um, all right, so yeah, his, he reminded, he did remind me a lot of uh, Middle Edition Schwartz that last episode. Now that I just watched that, it's not as fre- not as fresh in my mind, so I can't quite remember it. But oh, uh, all right, well, they go to, they go to the airport okay. basically. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so the, yeah, this is Team Borland, uh, Roy Becker. He comes in and you know he's got a lot of uh, he's kind of he's he's fast high energy fast talker high energy uh, he is dismissive of Tim's neighborhood makes a lot of jokes about how it's not a great he neighborhood. he says he used to live there yeah until he made it I bet he's the kind of guy that says that everywhere he goes um, sure so uh, Roy Becker is played by Bobby Slayton um semi-popular stand-up actually had a pretty good stand-up career uh still pretty relevant film roles bandits loser dream girls and get shorty uh he was in an episode of curb this year so it must have been the last season uh yeah he, he's still still working a lot i was surprised i feel like i recognize this guy but i didn't really recognize him in any of those other roles i think i, I recognized him too um He's referred to as the pit bull of comedy, uh, or Yid vi- Vicious. Um, I don't know, he's just been around. I, he, he probably popped up in something you saw, but... Uh, 
Well, Steph. Yeah, he's uh, he's still like on the Adam Carolla podcast a lot, so he's pretty relevant. Uh, I did like him. I thought it was a pretty funny performance, all things considered. I mean, whether or not I thought this episode was super funny all the time, maybe, maybe not. But he was. I thought he was pretty good. Thoughts? Yeah. No. Yeah, I think he plays the the role well. Um, I mean, he's the pit bull of comedy, so you know. He he's abrasive to Tim. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Tim Tim doesn't like it so much. So. Oh, hey, well, why would he? <laughs> why would he later in the, the, the i guess they do like a later like maybe there's a commercial here yeah. or something and roy is kind of controlling the meeting at this point he wants to set his sights higher than christening some, some like trash barge or something that he's talking about mm-hmm. he's thinking national commercials he's thinking movie of the week which i didn't know existed mm. uh which is apparently like lifetime movies and tim tries to do a reality check he's like this is not al like al like, I know Al. He's been on my show. He shines when he's not in the spotlight type of thing. And he thinks Roy is going to try to take advantage of him. So he doesn't like this at all. But Roy does make a point initially, I guess. It's not enough, as we'll see later on, to actually hold him there. But he says if Al doesn't make money, Roy doesn't make money. So yeah. he's you know he wants Al to succeed as well. And he talks Al into lunch. But in order to go to that lunch, he has to bail on a, go- a gig that Tim booked. Mm-hmm. So we're already seeing quite a few clashes, and it's 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 sad. It's sad to see Al. Just, I- I'm worried that this new article is going to do the same thing. You're going to be like, oh, this this article got published, and now I don't want to host with Jordan. Let's set my sights higher. Who else can I do a home improvement po- podcast with? Is that what's going to happen? Well, yeah, Tim Allen's people have been <laughs> in contact, so <laughs> maybe replacing you with him. I mean, you you know you you'd understand. It's going to be like Office Ladies, but you and Tim Allen. I got a real problem with that trend. Uh, maybe I should talk about it another show, because we got a lot to get through, but that, I, I find that irritating, but uh, whatever. A um, couple things I want to say. Uh, I think Al is really seduced by uh, Becker's plan when he finds out that he could possibly work with Morgan Fairchild. I think that, mm. is, that is a really, that's a big one. Um, that's the tipping point, you say. And uh, I thought that the... Al getting a movie of the week, you know, like a Lifetime channel sort of thing, was a real uh, foreshadowing for Karn's career and sort of where, right. where it would head. Um, well, and, you know, you got the lug nuts and all the other, the loons yeah, and right, stuff that right. he's this been doing. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Little did he know, or maybe he did know, that this would be uh, sort of what his life would be like. But, hey, it's a good life. It's a better life than what I'm leading. Uh, you know, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> it's got to be a better life than what I'm leading, Jordan. It has to be. <laughs> All right, next scene, gazebo. Don't say it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So every time we mention, like, uh, some writer's name that you want to yell Eric at... Eric Horsehead? Can... <laughs> what is he, write The Godfather? <laughs> or or, Gel- say... or Gelman? <laughs> but when I want to say gazebo, more like gazoinkspo? Yeah. You draw the line? Hey, sometimes you got to draw a line in the sand, and... Uh... It didn't work because I said it anyway. (laughs) All right, Mark and Erica. They're out in the gazebo. She's talking. He's not listening. Mm. Uh, He gets busted for not being able to, like, repeat a single thing she said. She bails. Erica's no phony. She knows. She bails. I mean, yeah, this wasn't going to work out. Uh, He heads inside. He's kind of mad at Brad, but don't worry. It doesn't amount to anything. Uh, (laughs) Jill overhears this plan. I thought she was going to kind of come down on Brad hard, but... I did, too, and she just kind of blows it off. She just kind of laughs, and and then he kind of burns her and walks off. It's like, uh, you know, 
boys will be boys. Um, she, yeah, it was like she's going to teach him, like, you taught him to do that to girls. Respect to like, women, but instead she's just, like, kind of amused by it, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> Tim comes in dressed as a sailor. He had to fill in for Elle in the trash this is a good. This is a good visual guy. It was for me. good, yeah. He looked like he was, like, doing the YMCA or something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Al calls. He needs a day off uh, from Tool Time because he's shooting a movie of the week in town. Um, That's the last straw. Convenient that they would be shooting in Detroit. Um, But, yeah, uh, things are moving fast. And you got to give Becker some credit. He got Al a a movie of the week very quickly. He did, yeah. It's funny. Tim got him some gigs very quickly. Al got himself some gigs very quickly. We struggle to get gigs, so I guess we're not doing it right. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Tim goes outside, yeah. Wilson is decorating, and we're going to play a clip. Yeah, we are. You can start as early as you want, Wilson, but I'm still going to kick butt in that Christmas lighting contest. No, this is not for Christmas, Tim. Are you familiar with who inspired the Indian festival of Deepawali? I'm still wondering who put the bop in the bop shabop shabop. <laughs> Probably the same person who put the ram in the ram a lama ding dong <laughs> You want to know who put Al in a movie of the week with Morgan Fairchild? Morgan Fairchild? I love her. <laughs> well, good going, Tim. You are quite a coach. Al hired a professional manager. Well, good for Al. He fired me. Bad for you. <laughs> you don't feel bad for me. I feel bad for Al. The overnight sensation who's appearing in a movie with Morgan Fairchild? I'm not jealous or anything. I just think he's moving too fast. It's like Frankenstein loose on the world without his doctor by his side, you know? What was the doctor's name? Frankenstein. (laughs) You're related? (laughs) You know, Tim, I can understand your concern for Al, but I'm also reminded of the Persian writer Nasiri Kusra. He said, though God creates the mother, the breast, and the milk, the children must draw for themselves their mother's milk. <laughs> Wilson, <clears throat> you just gave me 12 horrible images. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying just as the child learns self-reliance by separating from his mother, so the assistant learns by separating from the tool man. Maybe what Al needs is protection and support so he's not left hanging. So I'll just buy him a sturdy jockstrap. <laughs> Hello, horrible image number 13. All right, so Wilson is decorating. Tim says, you know, you can't beat me in Christmas, even if you start now. It's, I guess it's November in this episode, so mm-hmm. he's, he's thinking that. Instead, it's Diwali, but I think Wilson pronounced it differently. Did you notice that? He did pronounce it differently. Uh... Maybe I'm pronouncing it no, wrong, but I'm I mean, I mostly getting it from the office. I've always so. I've always known it to be pronounced well. It could be a variation on what we know. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of out of my depths here. I'm not sure, but I did notice. That I did look up when the festival was, and it was in November, so okay. that all checked out. So okay. I was confused. So sometimes actors just say words kind of strange ways. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a case of that. I don't know. Tim shares the news about Al. He's moving too fast, and then Wilson shares. Uh, Persian writer's words basically saying Al can only fly when he separates from Tim. Yeah. And this is where, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess, are we thinking Al's going to get his own show? I don't know. But he's not. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone, you know, Al is, Al's making this movie with Morgan Fairchild, and everyone's like really impressed by 
that everyone the joke is like oh i love yeah, i love yeah, her yeah i didn't mention that yeah wilson loves her um get like a breast milk reference um which tim oh yes yes tim raised an eyebrow at um you know seems important so i said it uh let's let's head to set <laughs> movie of the seems week important all right yeah morgan fairchild i did not expect her to show up in this episode uh yeah i'll do a bio on her right now so we were saying that like before the show that i mean like uh, friends would have been the big thing that i would have seen her in but it's she's like right. a famous person but i have no idea like, famous, what she's yeah. famous well she was probably less so now but i had like no idea what she's famous for but um looks like uh search for tomorrow jennifer pace from 1973 to 77 uh she was in dallas uh and then she was in the dallas who shot jr <laughs> i think it was morgan fairchild <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then she was on the NBC series Flamingo Road, and she got a uh, Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress. I'd say the last 20 years she's been popping up like in one one or two episodes of like semi-popular sitcoms, and that's kind of what I know her for. But Friends is a big yeah. one. Um, other mm-hmm. things, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. There's, there's a ton of stuff. Falcon Crest, uh, The Seduction, Murphy Brown, Days of Our Lives, uh, basically you name it, she's, uh, she's done it, so... There you go. And right now she's doing a very emotional scene with Al and some other guy that, like, she throws out of the house or something. And basically Al comes in to, like, deliver his line, and he's just not, he's not a natural actor, right? So he's a little bit peppy when the scene is somber and all this kind of stuff. They cut, and Morgan Fairchild is trying to talk some sense into him. Her angle is interesting of what she tries to do. Mm -hmm. Um, she basically like tries to turn him on and think that's going to change his performance. Yeah. She obviously doesn't know the album. Well, enough. a lot of directors uh, did try that at the time, and now they're going to prison. So um, you know, <laughs> perhaps it was. It was different when it was coming it, from Morgan Fairchild. Perhaps Tr- it was Fairchild, of the era. Yeah, um, Al is playing Gerard. Um, yes, it yes, is funny. he is a good Gerard. This scene opens like it's it's very soapy, and like the guy is like I don't know if he's sleeping with her sister or whatever. But he leaves, but he takes the mint before he leaves. It's pretty, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, it's funny. That's it's funny. pretty funny. That's good. Um, yeah, Al like knocks her down. The director doesn't really have any patience. He tries to like salute. I mean, Al, I, I blame the director. I don't know. Just tell him not to salute. Um, what do we got here? Uh, he breaks character. Oh, did you? Were you gonna keep going? Sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, right. I was just yeah, yeah. They're chatting. Yeah. Um, Al gets fired. Yeah. So, it's you know it's already over, and Roy drops Al immediately and moves know. on to the what fish a, guy again. What a, so that's why they call him Yid Vicious, I guess. Uh, they see his true colors immediately, yeah. and Tim. We didn't say this, I guess. Tim shows up, and he's kind of watching everything, mm-hmm. and. He's he's trying to console uh, Al and he's trying to reconcile with him as well, and it's it's nice it's a nice moment between them. And then Morgan comes over to get Al's autograph for her dad, mm-hmm. and then Morgan Fairchild hits on Tim. So there's a lot going on in the scene. It's wild. My question: Do you think that in the scene, Gerard the character was supposed to kiss Morgan Fairchild? It seems like, yeah, this is a movie of the week called like the surprising super or something i don't know yeah like, uh it's just like <laughs> some... i couldn't tell like i kind of seemed like it was heading that way and if so i felt like there were maybe some implications that would need to be explored with trudy and i don't know at, i guess that adds complexity to an end of an episode when you don't really have time but it did seem like 
that was sort of where the scene was heading. I don't know. Well, Al's an actor, you know. It's just it's just business. Hey, Gerard, what's your motivation? Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's real crazy. He was picturing Trudy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's roll credits fade to black erica i Erica. don't really get a bow tied on the mark erica thing i guess like she just hates him now and that that sucks for him but um yeah, yeah he blew his only chance at love roll credits fade to black uh let's uh let's head on down to the gazebo on castle's corner don't you think i love gazebos and you know it all right go ahead i like this episode uh, we talked about how the last episode kind of was a clunker, and this one seemed a lot more enjoyable. Just we get we get a few new sets, we get some interjections of a couple of interesting tertiary characters, Morgan Fairchild and and Roy Becker. I think they're both played fine, and and they're interesting. I like when Tim is there's like the softer side of Tim that we see in this episode. Like he's trying to help Al, he's trying to console Al, and I, I like when he's the person who was like looking out for his friends. So that was, that was a nice side of Tim that we see. And then we mentioned Brad and Mark having like an actual moment together. That was pretty interesting. And, you know, Mark gets something a little bit different to do than stand behind a camera and film weird things. So that's, that's good. I, uh, yeah, this is probably my favorite regular episode, non Halloween episode of the season so far. So I, I enjoyed it. There's some silly stuff like, um, what did we mention earlier? I mean, that the, the really total time scene, like the first scene, is kind of short. Yeah, and at least it's like short yeah. and gone, so it doesn't make that much of an impact. And then, kind of Jill's reaction to Brad and his advice was a little bit off. Yeah, but that's really the only two things that kind of bothered me about the episode. Other than that, I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. I've what heard it gone in sixty seconds, but that opening scene was gone in about twenty seconds. You know what I mean? That was definitely worth saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right i've been saving it okay um yeah i like this one too it's um i don't know it's kind of zany silly uh i like the i like both guest stars I, I thought roy becker was quite funny um and morgan fairchild i always get a kick out of that like you know people playing themselves and um the soap opera stuff is funny uh you know it's not a real complex episode we're not exploring any deep themes um tim doesn't get super jealous because uh, and i'm glad for that i don't think that would have been that fun to watch um i had a couple laughs throughout it moved pretty quickly like you said a couple of different uh locales mark and uh brad have some decent stuff going on pretty good for mark right like in terms of like writing mark they figured something they figured out something they could do um lows yeah i mean like likability ratings are not really a thing um but so that's kind of dumb, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. It was not – you probably liked it a little more than me. But um, in terms of, uh, like, what we've seen lately, I, I think it stacks up fairly well. So, Would you say it's likable? I would say it is, uh, it is, it is pretty likable, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we enjoyed that, and we should now move on to social media. <laughs> well, we enjoyed that one. You sound Put like, that one in the book. It's like you sound like the snow lives at the beginning and end of Rudolph. Well, it, 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 yeah, Rudolph, we enjoyed that one, and uh, hope you did too, audience. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about social media wise. Holy hell! So. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we should. Uh, first thing I want to talk about these are all from youtube so things are active on youtube yeah what's up with That's... youtube it's like youtube is weird because it's like 
half the comments are spam gibberish or like things I don't understand, <laughs> and then the other half are very like deep, insightful, Thought- yeah. thoughtful. Yeah, yeah something's pretty weird. All right, so the first one comes from Laura Lyons, my mother. She was just, this is short and sweet, but she was impressed that you knew the physician heal thyself phrase. So mm. just a good on you, Adam. Thanks, Laura. Just wanted to put that out there. Yep. Uh, Matthew Parlett, uh, always, always writing in some good stuff. He agreed that the last episode that we covered, Tim's first car, was a real clunker. Uh, specifically agreed that this the smashed car should have been like a cube car instead of like yeah, a flat car. Yeah, that's a million dollar idea. Anybody, uh, go ahead and use that. If you're a writer out there, you can, you can take that joke for sure. Yeah, sure. he thought specifically that you would get a little chuckle out of that, which, y- yeah, it's good for your soul if you chuckle. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, he says it was like a total wash. And they said, ah, there's always next episode. And I would say, yes, there was a next episode and it was pretty good. So, thanks, Matt. I like Matt because he has the same opinions as us and for me, that is good. I like that. That's gold. That's gold, and, baby. And for me, I enjoy that. So. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, if you recall last week, we mentioned Angela, uh, Angela Sandro, and we had she had a question for us, and we were going to mention it on air, so I guess this is the time to do that. She did also mention, in between that, she said, thanks for the mention on the episode. She can't hear what we have to say next. And she can't hear it, or she can't wait to hear it? Because if she can't... Both, maybe. If she, she can't, can't hear it right now, that's true. If she can't true. hear it, turn up the volume. <laughs> uh, she can't wait to hear what we say. And also, we inspired her to create her own podcast, and her college is going to air it on our station. Oh, wow. Why hasn't Western Michigan and Michigan State aired our podcast on their stations? Oh, man, that would be... Yeah, because Tim Allen went to at least Western. I mean, come on. Who do we talk yeah, to? It's an all, uh, yeah, who do we, uh, maybe Angela can give us some insights. Maybe we can get on her college uh, <laughs> station. Yeah, Angela, <laughs> could you reach out to your college on behalf of us? <laughs> We can offer you no finder's fee whatsoever. So. Nope, not at all. So, Adam, you talked about how you want to take some thought before addressing this question that Angela had. Yeah, but it's funny I didn't. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. I did, okay. so I guess we can yeah. we can kind of work through it together. So, the question in question... You make it sound like it's a, like a kidney stone. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> She did say at the end it was hefty. It is, so. yeah, more so than the stuff we usually get, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not quite as lighthearted as we usually talk about. So, so Angela says, as she's been re-watching, she's realizing how much of an impact Jill Taylor had on her in terms of women's rights and equality. So her question to us is, looking back on our childhood and now our views, were there any lessons that we learned on how to treat women and to see them for more than just, quote, maintaining the house? Was there maybe something in the show specifically that shifted our thoughts about moms and women in general? You want to go first, Adam? Uh, sure, I can go first. A um, couple different questions there. So in terms of did anything in home improvement sort of alter my opinion on, like, I, no, I would say it didn't really alter my opinion on women. Like, I, I don't think I've ever considered women to just be, like, strictly homemakers. I My mom growing up had, like, a full-time good job at General Motors. My sister, um, you know, went off and got a PhD at IU and has has gone on to be very successful. So, no, um, I mean, like, I think that Jill is a really good, like, female character and, like, a good, specifically, like, a good, like, matriarchal character because she sort of goes from being 
more cliche uh, sort of uh, fulfilling like the the more cliche roles like the cooking the cleaning whatever the like caring for the children and stuff and then she sort of evolves into someone that is you know pursuing a degree going to school um, stuff like that so I think she's a really good character in that way but uh, did home improvement sort of change my opinion no I didn't have that opinion I guess um, I, I, I certainly like I've evolved and stuff as time has gone on. You get older and stuff, and like you, you came out just perfect. You become more, you become more respectful, and um, right. uh, you are more aware of things and stuff. But um, no, I don't think that it really changed. But I do think it's an important character, and it probably did change some people's minds and and stuff. Certainly, we know the opposition is true. Like we've read um, things in the comments earlier on in the show where like people were, what did they say, like. They called her like their commissar, and that it was like a feminist. Yeah, like and they're like feminist, communist. Yeah, femi- yeah. feminazi stuff like that. So like, certainly it was having an impact on people, and like some people didn't like it. Well, go screw. You know, like you don't watch. <laughs> like it, it, you're wrong. Don't watch the show. Get out of here. Like, um, but it's a very important character, and I could see, and I I hope that it did sort of change people's minds and open open eyes and stuff. So yeah, I think we very briefly talked about this, just like. Or before we actually answered last mm-hmm. week, we were like, oh, do we want to take more time or whatever? But we both, like you mentioned, your mom had a full-time job growing up. My mom also had a full-time job. So I think it's one of those things where, like, a lot of times the first experiences that you have of those things are what your parents modeled for mm-hmm. you. So that, like you said, it wasn't really ever your thought that, like, women just stay home and maintain the house or whatever. Um, so we didn't really ever have, like, that singular lane view i would also say that like uh in our where we grew up we grew up very close to one another i don't know that there were it's kind of a working class town i would say so i don't know that there was a lot of like just stay-at-home moms in general i not that i could tell i don't really know i guess yeah i don't yeah everybody has a small view but i think at the same time it's like the role of maintaining the house and taking care of children is underappreciated in general at the same time. So like if you want to work great, go work. If you want to take, you know, the time to be at home with your children Mm -hmm. and maybe do more of that stuff, like that's not bad either. Like as a parent, Mm -hmm. I realize how like taxing and how, you know, that is like a crazy hard job in its own right. And that's one thing I've, you know, talking about like things that have maybe changed your perspective is becoming a parent in general has made me really, made me really appreciate like single parents that somehow do all of this stuff. Yeah. Right. Because it's hard enough for like me and Andrea to do this where like I'm working full time, she's working part time. We have our daughter and like doing all that and to do all of it is like incredible. Um, I don't, I don't know how they do it. Like yeah, we, right. we talk about that all the time. Is like, how do they do that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, I, I think that's that's something to think about. And I think like, I don't know. I guess the way in the last few years, if I think of things that like have changed, not changed, but maybe like solidified my perspective. Obviously, for me, it's going to be like my faith and like mm-hmm. what the Bible says about like how I'm supposed to treat women mm-hmm. and especially my wife. And like the like specifically, it'll say like I'm supposed to treat her like Jesus treats us, mm-hmm. which is like a really high calling and a really like if you think about that, it's like servants. It's you know the way that Jesus lived is serving others and ultimately giving life for others. So if people are reading the Bible and then saying like, well, you should stay at home and do nothing and not talk, it's like I don't know that you're actually reading what you think you're reading. So 
that's those are, been those something are the for kind me. of people that would like say that though you know like it would be like devout right. like baptist i mean i don't want to like no and no, they're no, picking one thing that yeah, they're reading and that's right. it yeah. So I mean, they're not actually taking the full view. Like when I read that stuff, yeah. I read it like what's said to me, and I'm like, oh crap, yeah. am I living that way? And then, like, it's really humbling for me to think like that's what I'm called to do, sure. and how hard that is. So, yeah, not necessarily into into work or into like this TV show, but I agree. Like Jill, as a character, is a little bit different, especially from maybe like the '80s '90s type that you get uh for moms and so it's it's interesting to see and not something we thought about when we were a kid so it's interesting to see it now definitely didn't think about it yeah definitely didn't think about it when i was young for sure good question angela uh yeah hope hopefully we answered it yeah who knows in a a robust way but adam what's going on on twitter any crazy questions being asked any crazy polls being posed oh some crazy polls yeah crazy Um, polls you would think i'd be ready for this but i'm not uh here we go all right um first question uh i was just kind of wondering that how people felt about this it doesn't have anything to do with home improvement but it got 35 votes so you know good question i guess wow are and you probably won't be able to answer this but are banana splits actually good you know, that's that's what I want. My know. dad would love to answer this question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves. He does. That man loves a banana split. Uh, thirty-five total votes. Twenty-five point seven percent said no. Seventy-four point three percent said yes. So three fourths of our listeners. Uh, Saginaw cheese, who has opinions on darn near everything, and I am happy <laughs> about it, says banana splits unequivocally <laughs> suck. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Like I. I I'm wondering. I got the vocal minority. I haven't had one in a while. I'm just wondering, like, are they good or are they not good? I will say, so I can't have banana splits. You mentioned that, Mm -hmm. but I don't like banana desserts. And this comes from somebody who has a banana every day at lunch. I just brag. I don't like banana bread very much. Yeah, what what a brag. (laughs) I don't like banana bread. Uh, My mother-in-law makes something called banana dessert that she loves and my wife loves. Just not not a big banana dessert fan. So when your when your wife mom makes banana dessert do you have to eat it do you do like they do in tv shows no where you take it and you like put it in your pocket or something (laughs) we're very honest in our family so she just to the dog that you don't have (laughs) put put on the ground for the bunnies the bunnies do love bananas uh, it's like their favorite thing i like i like banana cream pie and i like banana bread and uh i like bananas so maybe i would like it Maybe I would. I guess I've had a banana split. I've had one in a while. Maybe I would still like it. All right. Doesn't I think maybe you and my dad should go out for a banana split. Hey, you know what? Nothing I'd love more than to hang out with your dad at Flag City Diner and have him pick up the check. That sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Next poll. What percentage of the time is Wilson's advice actually helpful? Mm. 29 mm, total good. votes. Less than the banana split question somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh, the options were 100, 75, 50, or 25% or under. What do you think people said? I think people have a high view of Wilson, so they're going to say at least 75%. Okay, you are correct. 44.8 said 75% of the time. 31% said 100% of the time. Yeah, right. Uh, 17.2% <laughs> said 50. 6.9% said 25% or under. I would say... I'm probably... Uh, I'll give him 75%. I was going to say, I actually think it's probably somewhere in the middle between 75 and 50, so I would go 75%. Okay. Moving up. Hey, here's a good one. (laughs) 
I say that before. I say that before every poll. <laughs> Good sell, man. 34 total votes. If you could buy your first car right now for $150, would you do it? Why? Uh, 34 total votes. 76.5% said yes. 23.5% said no. And people had some thoughts. Uh, Dan Key. Dan Nee? I don't know. Dan, Dan J. Um, absolutely. Had a 2000 Pontiac Grand Prix GTP supercharged, supercharged. Missed that thing so much. Jordan. Danny boy. I think it's a, I think, I think it's a she. Uh, Danny girl. uh, Um, either way. Uh, Jordan Kelsey. I missed the truck. Hey, misses his truck. Uh, Elliot. No, it was an old Jeep and barely ran, but the junkyard bought it for me for 155. That's almost exactly the same amount Tim's car was going to be purchased for. Suspicious. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Griffin Holloway says no, but that's because I'm still driving it. Whoa! Is that a humble brag? A little bit of a humble brag. Um, I can tell you, I would not buy my first car for 150 dollars because it can't be worth much more than that, and I got nowhere to put it. Mm, that is true. 89 Bonneville. You got to think about where you're going to put it. I'm guessing that's you would. True. If I mean 100, if that car still runs and I could buy a car for 150 bucks, like that's a good deal. Yeah, that's true. All right, maybe, I, maybe I, I do have room for it. You do have room for it. Do you have room for mine? <laughs> I guess technically, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna think about it. Um, <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, three good pulls. Three solid. Oh, pulls, I'd say so. two good pulls. Let's be. Let's be honest. <laughs> The one about Wilson was stupid. Uh, yeah, right. you're right. That one sucked. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at Home and Podcast. Our website's thehomeandpodcast.com. We're on YouTube, where people seem to be finding us and talking to us, so that's a great place to go. Subscribe there. I think we're up to 60 subscribers, which is nice. Um, if you want to go to our websites and read about our books... Uh, Adam doesn't have one yet, but mine's jordanlines.com, so throw that out there. Patreon.com slash homeandpodcast. Uh, we did have a new subscriber leave a request for us to put Patreon episodes on YouTube, to which I said got, they wouldn't be exclusive anymore. You got to pay for those, pal. Yeah. Well, those you are, don't have to pay uh, $1. A dollar. So. A dollar a month. So uh, I, think, I think it's doable, but I think it was maybe a Nathan. Nathan, we encourage you. Go to patreon.com slash homeandpodcast. Maybe someday in the far future when we're no longer recording Home Improvement episodes, maybe those will be released, but uh, I wouldn't count on it. Eh, I don't so. know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? They're going to stay in the vault. Yep. With that, I think we're done. I think we've said all we can say. Yeah, I'm done. You're spent. I'm You've tired. got a tennis match to go I gotta, to. i got to go play tennis, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, next week's episode is thanks, but no thanks. Hmm. I'm ready for the Christmas one. Bring it on. Oh, it's coming close. All right, well, uh, Jordan, thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for listening, and I guess I should say, take care. Take care, everybody.